Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Well, here we are, another week. And I think it's safe to say that all of us are beginning to deal with some serious, some serious cabin fever. I, I know I am. Nevertheless, I hope you are staying safe. I hope you are healthy during this difficult time. And it certainly has been a difficult time for everyone. Uh, it has not been easy. It has not been an easy month. But I'm beginning to get the sense. I'm starting to feel that we may be getting on the road to recovery. We may be getting the upper hand on this virus. And life may begin to slowly return to normal. I certainly hope and pray so. Until then, continue, please continue to exercise every precaution necessary to remain safe and to remain healthy. I am extremely excited about today's podcast. Well, I'm excited about every podcast episode, but today I am pumped a little more than normal because we are going to begin seriously looking at adding tension to our melodic lines. And nothing, <laughs> and nothing is more exciting than tension. So I am really pumped and excited to share this jazz piano lesson with you. But before we do, I am happy to announce the release of Jazz Piano Skills Course 5. This course is titled The Eleventh. And this is a fantastic course dealing specifically with the eleventh sound. The course is an incredible workout using scales and arpeggios centered specifically on the sound of the eleventh. The course escorts you through a series of scales and arpeggios for major, dominant, minor, half-diminished, and diminished chords, all focusing on the sound of the 11th. But not just from the root of each chord. Oh, no. In this course, we play scales and arpeggios launching from the root, from the third, from the fifth, and from the seventh of the chord. And regardless of our entry point, whether it's the root, third, fifth, or seventh, we travel a distance of an 11th with our scales and with our arpeggios. This is simply fantastic technique development, great ear training, and great development for what I like to call harmonic vision, which is the ability to see and hear a sound regardless of what geographical region of the sound you may find yourself playing. A big-time skill indeed that unless you practice this way, you never ever develop that skill. So in the course, as with all of my courses, you have detailed instruction and illustrations, educational talks, interactive learning media, traditional guides and worksheets that you can download, high-definition video demonstrations in all 12 keys where you can see my fingerings and hand movement, uh, play-along tracks and lead sheets that you can download as well, and, uh, of course, personal educational support through SpeakPipe. Oh, and let not me forget uh, mobile access, right? So you could do any of these courses from any of your smart devices, phones, tablets, uh, laptops, uh, 
desktop computers. Yes, your TV and even your watch. The course is fabulous. So check it out, jazzpianoskills.com. It is available and ready for you to begin mastering the 11th sound that is so prevalent in jazz literature, especially today. I just mentioned SpeakPipe, which is some new technology that I am now incorporating with all of my educational services in each podcast episode and in every course as well. And even on the Jazz Piano Skills website now, you'll find a SpeakPipe widget. So, you ask, what is SpeakPipe? Well, let me explain. SpeakPipe is some amazing technology that allows you and me to verbally interact with one another with one simple little click. Each Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode, each Jazz Piano Skills course, now includes a SpeakPipe widget so that you can send me a voicemail message, a thought that you may have, a question that is that is triggered by something I say within the podcast, uh, or an insight that you may have, or or maybe you just want to extend a friendly word. Your voicemail message is sent directly to me via email. I then can listen to you and then return your speak pipe with a voicemail message of my own, answering your question or responding to any of your thoughts and comments that you're sharing with me. It's very cool technology. Many of you have already begun using it. And I got to tell you, it's been absolutely wonderful hearing your voices. It's been wonderful getting to know you. So I encourage everyone, check it out. Give it a try. I look forward to our future conversations. I also want to take a second and remind you that there is a supplemental educational guide available for this podcast lesson. I develop one for every podcast lesson because many of you have requested that I put the jazz piano skill being taught today into regular and traditional musical notation. So if you'd like to have the music in front of you, the guides are wonderful. You can download them, you can print them out, set them on your piano, have them at your fingertips, have them at your side while practicing. And the nice thing about the educational guides is that the uh, jazz piano skill being taught today will be illustrated in the guide in all 12 keys, not just in one key, like I do today in the podcast, I model everything using one key. The guides actually document, notate everything in all 12 keys. They are a fabulous resource to add to your educational library. Just simply go to jazzpianoskills.com. The menu that runs across the top of the website, you will see the podcast link up there if you click on that podcast link, it will take you to the main page where all the podcast episodes are listed, along with the SpeakPipe widgets, along with the link to download the educational guide for each Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson. Also, don't forget, 
We have forums at Jazz Piano Skills that you can now uh, join the community and get involved. It's been great. Been getting some traction out there and some interaction with uh, a lot of you at, at, in the forums, and it's wonderful. And uh, there is a forum that is literally um, designated for each Jazz Piano Skills podcast as well as each Jazz Piano Skills course. So check out the forums as well. Again, go to jazzpianoskills.com. You'll see the forums link that runs uh, along the top of the page in the menu at the top. Just click on that link and you are good to go. And finally, I just want to stress again, as always, that regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, uh, an advanced player, or even an experienced professional, you will find this podcast, this Jazz Piano Skills Lesson, to be beneficial. This week, we are exploring Inside, Outside, Part 1. Don't you love that title? Inside, Outside. So in this lesson, you are going to discover a classic inside-outside improvisation technique. You are going to learn how to use triad pairs to create intentional tension when improvising. And you are going to play minor triad pairs using various patterns from the root, third, and fifth of the primary triad. Okay, to get started, I want to answer one of the most common questions I receive from students over and over again, and have done so for the past 30-plus years of teaching. The question is simply this. What is the best way for me to begin studying and learning improvisation, learning how to improvise? Which is usually followed by this question. What book should I get? <laughs> which, is, which totally cracks me up because there isn't a book. In case you don't know, there isn't a book. In fact, Searching for the magical book that is going to teach you how to improvise, how to play jazz, is like looking for the fountain of youth. Good luck. Good luck with discovering either one of those. However, before you set off on your journey, I have some really bad news for you. Neither one exists. Bummer. Total bummer. So that leads us right back to question number one, which is what is the best way for me to begin learning how to improvise? Well, the answer to that million dollar question is are you ready? Here it is. You need to embark upon in a historical study of the evolution of jazz and jazz improvisation. What? 
You weren't expecting that answer, were you? But it's true. And just like the answers to most of the complexing and interesting questions that we wrestle with throughout our lives, the answer is typically found through an accurate understanding and illumination of history. That is why the great researchers in all disciplines have a profound knowledge, command, and respect for the history of their field of expertise. And so it is with the study of jazz and improvisation. You can't begin to learn how to improvise if you do not begin at the beginning of the art form. Let me say that again. You can't begin to learn how to improvise if you do not begin at the beginning of the art form. Another way of saying this is that you can't jump into the study of jazz improvisation with the music of Chick Corea and Herbie Hancock before you deal with the music of Jelly Roll Morton and James P. Johnson right? It only makes sense. Jazz piano styles, jazz piano improvisation has evolved over the past 100 years, and the evolution itself is our blueprint. It's our roadmap, our outline. It's our syllabus. How cool is that? The answer to the million-dollar question is one word. History. Pretty cool. History. So now that we know that, we now need to ask the question, what does jazz improvisation history tell us? How does jazz history instruct us to begin the study and practice of jazz improvisation? Very good questions. It begins by revealing to us these historical facts. Fact number one. History tells us that melody flows from harmony. Melody is harmony in a liquid form. Let me give you an example of what I mean. If you and I went into a classroom of kindergartners and you were holding a chunk of ice and I was holding a jug of water and we asked those children if we were holding the same thing, The odds are they would answer no. They would say, absolutely not, that you're holding this big chunk of hard ice while I'm holding a jug of water. They would not see those as being one and the same. They're just not there yet with their cognitive development to know that a solid and a liquid can actually be the exact same thing. 
And this is how I explain the relationship between harmony and melody. That harmony is our solid, right? It's our chunk of ice. It's a solid. And the melody is our liquid. So in my left hand, I have a a chunk of C major 7, of C major, which is C, E, G, B. In my right hand, I can turn that into a liquid, into a melody. And if you looked at, historically, if you looked at the jazz musicians at the turn of the 20th century, you would very much see in their playing this relationship of harmony and melody of harmony and melody and harmony being one and the same, a solid-liquid relationship. It's almost as if when a group of musicians were sitting around playing, reading music, as if somebody in the room suggested, you know what, let's play this song over again, and and this time let's take turns uh, improvising. We'll just make make stuff up. Now, if you can imagine the looks on every everyone's face. Now, keep in mind, this is the first time they're hearing this. So we're just kind of creating this scenario, this scene. That everybody else in the room had to be looking at this individual thinking like, what? Make it up. What What are you talking about? Make it up. And the, the musician says, well, yeah, make it up. Meaning that we'll, we'll play through the song. We'll go back to the beginning. And then you take like the first solo and just kind of play what you what you what you're feeling what you what you want to play i imagine someone in the room had to say well well how do you suggest that we do that and i would i can imagine this individual saying well you know i don't know the the very first chord of the piece is a c major you know c e g b why don't you just jack around with the notes c e g b Hmm. The rest of the musicians in the room said, you know, that's not a bad idea. So that's kind of how I've imagined in my mind improvisation starting. It makes perfect sense. You have a C chord, mess around with the note C. You have a solid, now turn it into a liquid. So that brings us to fact number two, historical fact number two, which is so important, that the mastery of harmony then is absolutely essential if you want to become an accomplished jazz musician, an improviser. There's absolutely no way around it. The mastery of harmony is essential. In fact, as a kid growing up, I would hang out with these old jazz musicians and listen to them talk and try to learn as much as I could from each and every one of them. And on several occasions, from several of these old jazzers, they would always say to me, kid, if you really want to become an accomplished jazz musician, an improviser, then you need to study harmony. Of course, I had no idea what they were talking about, but I would shake my head and go, yes, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, that, exactly, that's what I'll do, study harmony, having no idea what the heck that meant. But they were right on, and they were very truthful. And I can say now, in retrospect, they had a very good understanding of history. 
So bottom line, you must know your chords. You must know them intellectually, conceptually, be able to spell them like you spell your name, and you must be able to play them on your instrument as well. Musical fact number three, we begin to learn how to improvise by using chord tones and chord tones only. Outline the changes. So today, we are going to do just that. We are going to add a contemporary twist to an invaluable history lesson. We're going to bring together Jelly Roll Morton and Chick Corea. Our contemporary twist to a Jazz 101 history lesson will help us begin developing some fascinating jazz improvisation vocabulary. When it's all said and done, we we will ultimately learn that knowing history, especially jazz history, is not boring at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's extremely exciting and liberating. To prove this point, we are going to take two simple little minor triads, and we're going to pair them together. In doing so, we're going to discover, learn, and play some amazing melodic lines, these little motifs that outline the chord tones and turn a solid into a liquid, harmony into melody. So let's get busy. Let's discover, learn, and play some inside-outside harmony and melody. So sit back, relax, turn on your ears. Here we go. Okay, so the first thing I want to stress is that we have 12 notes in music. I've mentioned this before in other podcasts. It's so important to, to start there, right? We have 12 notes. Now, each musical scale utilizes seven of those 12 notes. So that means let's take the C minor scale and I'm going to use Dorian mode, which basically means we're going to, we're going to play the B flat major scale starting on C for our C minor sound. So C, D, E flat, F, G, A, and B flat. C minor. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we have seven notes out of the 12 that make up the scale. We have seven notes that we would say are inside the harmony. In other words, there's absolutely no conflict with the harmony. If I play C minor in my left hand and I play this scale, no tension. It matches beautifully. The harmony and melody shake hands. So if seven notes are inside the harmony, that means we have five notes outside the harmony. 7 plus 5, 12. So we have 7 inside, 
and we have five outside. Let me do that again. Seven inside, and we have five outside. And the five outside in this case, C-sharp, E, F-sharp, G-sharp, B, which is actually the C-sharp minor pentatonic, which is another whole lesson, another whole podcast. We'll get into pentatonics later. But those five notes, C-sharp, E, F-sharp, G-sharp, B, fall outside the C minor harmony. In other words, those five notes, when utilized, create tension. They're not bad notes. They're not wrong notes. They're notes that we actually utilize to create interest, to create tension in our melodic ideas. So if I take the C, E flat, and G from our inside notes, we have a simple C minor triad. If I take the C sharp, E, and G sharp from our five outside notes, I have a simple C sharp minor triad. One half step away, right? C minor, C sharp minor. Or another way to say it, inside, outside. Inside, outside. So we're going to utilize those two simple minor triads side by side using chord tones to create some jazz improvisation vocabulary, some ideas for improvisation. And we're not going to get fancy. We're going to use chord tones from the C minor triad and C sharp minor triad. We're going to start inside, we're going to go outside, and then we're going to resolve it back inside. And the way we're going to do this, I'm going to play the ideas first harmonically, and then I'm going to turn that harmony into melody. To give you an example, if I play the C minor triad in root position, then I'm going to play my C sharp minor in first inversion. So the C minor triad is C, E, flat, G, root position. The C sharp minor triad is in first inversion, E, C sharp, I mean, sorry, E, G sharp, C sharp. So I get this. And then I'm going to just resolve that back inside. So the way I always like to start is I'll take harmonic shapes, just like that. And then I'll take those harmonic shapes and I'll turn it into melody. So this is going to become this. So what I'm doing is I'm arpeggiating up the C minor. I'm going to arpeggiate up the C sharp minor in first inversion. And then I'm going to resolve and I'm going to fall back into my C. Now, I start my C minor triad from a half step below the B natural. 
which actually is one of the outside notes. But I do that because I want to create a triad is only three notes. So, But I want to create a four-note phrase. So I got my C minor triad. If I put my B in front of it, now I have four notes. And it shifts everything over. So now my C sharp minor triad, if I approach it from a half step below my target note, which is the E, that's my E flat from my C minor. So I'm just walking right up. So the, the whole line goes like this, B, C, E flat, G, E flat, E natural, G sharp, C sharp, C. So the idea is basically C minor triad, approach it from a half step below, C sharp minor triad in first inversion, approach it from a half step below. Right? Half step below C minor. Half step below my C sharp minor shape. So now if I turn that into melody, so my harmony, this, becomes that. Now, let me bring in a rhythm section. I'm going to do this in a nice, relaxed bossa nova feel, not fast. I want it to be very uh, uh, simple here. And so what I'm going to do, the first half of the demonstration, I'm going to play the harmony. You're going to hear me just playing these chords. C minor root position. C sharp minor first inversion. Back to C minor. You're going to hear me repeat that several times because I am literally digesting those harmonic shapes so that I can turn them into melody. They're my outline. That's my guidepost. Those are my guides, right? So you're going to hear me play those triads several times. Then you're going to hear me turn those into melody. So let's take a listen, and then we'll talk about it. Here we go. Pretty cool, right? It's amazing. Two 
simple triads, a half step apart. Basically just outlining the notes in the triad. And I'm using ascending, ascending motion, right? Did you notice that too? I talked about that in the last podcast. So ascending, ascending motion. And just using those simple triads, you could hear that melodic idea move from being inside the harmony to the outside the harmony and sliding right back into the harmony. Who knew, right? Who knew that two simple little minor triads side by side could sound so hip? Well, they do. And again, it just magnifies the fact that it's always typically the simple ideas that are turned into wonderful musical phrases and lines, that it's not complex. It doesn't have to be complex. So now we're going to do another line. We're going to keep with our ascending, ascending motion. But now we're going to shift our C minor triad to first inversion. And we're going to go to our C sharp minor triad in second inversion and then resolve it. So C minor, first inversion, C sharp minor, second inversion, falling right back into our C minor. All right? And then we're going to turn that into melody. So it's going to sound like this. Inside, outside, coming back inside. So let's bring our rhythm section in and listen to this. stuff. And now you know where we're going with this, right? We're going to follow the same process that we have in the la- that we did in the last couple podcasts. So now we're going to continue with ascending and ascending motion, but we're going to shift our triads to different inversions. So now we're going to start our C minor triad in second inversion. We're going to go to C sharp minor in root position, and we're going to fall back into our C minor. So we get this. And our melodic idea, turning that into melody. Nice. 
So let's bring our rhythm section back in and let's hear this musical motif, this musical idea. Let's hear this in context. And again, you're going to hear me. I'm going to start with just the harmonic shapes first, and then I'm going to turn my harmonic shapes into a melodic line. Here we go. Let's check it out. So we've just created three, three melodic ideas, three melodic lines using C minor and C sharp minor and simply shifting those triads to different inversions to create harmonic ideas, then turn those harmonic ideas into melodic lines. So now let's continue on. Let's, instead of doing ascending, ascending, we're going to do ascending, descending. So we're going to start with our C minor triad in, in root position again. And now we're going to, going to descend. So we're going to go to our C sharp minor triad in second inversion. And then that's going to fall right down into our C minor for a resolution. So we get C minor root position, C sharp minor second inversion, and then that just falls right into the C, C minor in second inversion as well. So now our melodic idea to take those harmonic shapes and turn those into melody, we get this. Again, I just want to remind you, I'm starting my C minor triad from a half step below, starting my C sharp minor triad shape from a half step below and then resolving it. Wow, nice. Inside, outside, resolving inside. So again, let's bring our rhythm section in. Let's hear this in a nice, relaxed bassa groove. Hear it in musical context. Here we go. Thank you. 
pretty amazing how many creative ideas we can come up with by just shifting these triads to different inversions and thinking in terms of different motion, ascending, 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 descending. So our second ascending, descending pattern is going to start with C minor in first inversion, E flat, G, C. We're going to go to our C sharp minor in root position. And then we're going to drop that and resolve that into C minor in root position. So we get this descent, C minor, descending to C sharp, and then that descending to our resolution. So now if I turn that into melody, nice line. Wow. Can't wait. Let's hear this with our rhythm section and hear this in a musical context. Here we go. Again, don't ask me which one of these lines is my favorite because impossible. These are all great melodic motifs that you can use to begin developing your jazz vocabulary. You can, once you get these shapes and these lines down, you can start manipulating them rhythmically to expose and to discover your creativity, your jazz vocabulary. So now, our final descending, uh, ascending, descending uh, idea. So we're going to take C minor and we're going to put it in second inversion. And now we're going to go to C sharp minor in first inversion, descending. And then we fall down into C minor. So we get C minor. C sharp minor and C minor. So the melodic idea sounds like this ascending and now descending. And then I'm going to resolve it to C minor. So again, wow. All right, I want to hear this. Let's bring in our ensemble and, and uh, take a listen. Here we go. Thank you. 
Okay, so now we just completed three ascending, descending melodic motifs, melodic ideas, using C minor triad and C sharp minor triad. So now we have six at our fingertips. We have three ascending, ascending, and we just finished three ascending, descending. So there are six more, and those are going to be descending, descending, and descending, ascending. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through right now the three descending, descending patterns, and then we'll listen to all three in context, back to back. And then I'll do the same for the three descending, ascending. So the first descending, descending, we're going to start with C minor in root position. I mean, sorry, C minor in first inversion. So you have E flat G C up on top. Then we're going to go to C sharp minor, down to C sharp minor in root position. And then that's going to resolve into our C minor in root position. So we get this. And the melodic idea is going to sound like this. Again. Nice. Inside, outside, back inside. The second descending, descending pattern begins with C minor in second inversion. So our E flat is up on top. Going to C sharp minor in first inversion. And then resolving to C minor. Okay, so C minor, second inversion. C sharp minor, first inversion. C minor. So our melodic line now, to outline those harmonic shapes, sound like this. Wow. Inside, outside, back inside. What a great sound. Now, our final descending, descending pattern is going to, be, going to begin with C minor in root position. I'm starting an octave above middle C. Now I'm going to go to my C sharp minor in second inversion. And then that just resolves right into my C minor. So again. And the melodic line that comes from those harmonic shapes and those inversions. Nice. Okay. So we have three different descending, descending melodic motifs, melodic ideas, using descending, descending motion. So now let's bring in our rhythm section. I'm going to play all three of these back to back. So enjoy. Here we go. Thank you. 
nice lines, all of them, nice lines. I would encourage you um, to uh, seriously consider getting the educational uh, guide, the support guide that goes along with this podcast episode. I have all these lines uh, musically notated for you so you can have them sitting on the piano as you practice them and use them as a reference. I would also encourage you, once you have these lines in front of you and you're practicing them, to explore various tempos, various grooves, various styles. Um, you, you can use these lines to really discover your musical and jazz ideas. So now, let's take a look at our last set. And these are going to be descending, ascending ideas. And um, we're going to start with our C minor triad in first inversion. And then we're going to go to C sharp, up to C sharp minor in second inversion. And then that just falls right back down into our C minor. So our three harmonic shapes, C minor, C sharp minor, C minor. And the melodic line that flows from those harmonic shapes sounds like this. I love that. Nice. The second descending, ascending idea begins with C minor in second inversion. G, C, E flat. We then go up to our C sharp minor in root position. And that resolves right into our C minor. So C minor, second inversion, C sharp minor, root position, resolving to C minor. The melodic idea that flows from those harmonic shapes. Nice. Again. Wow. And then our final descending, ascending melodic idea begins with C minor in root position. We then go to our C sharp minor in first inversion. And then that resolves right into our C minor. So C minor up to C sharp minor, resolving the C minor. So our descending, ascending melodic idea Very interesting. Again. Nice. So now, let's bring in the rhythm section, and let's hear all three of these descending, ascending melodic ideas using C minor triad and C sharp minor triad to play inside and outside. Here we go. Let's listen.
amazing, amazing stuff indeed. Just knowing a little bit of jazz history and stealing a page from jazz history from our founding fathers, right? Louis Armstrong, Earl Father Hines, J.P. Johnson, Jelly Roll Morton, so many great players, and looking at how they would outline chord changes with their improvisation. And then expanding that idea like modern players would do, like the Chick Coreas and Herbie Hancocks, when they would take a melodic idea and slide it outside of the harmony. So you have a two minor triads, a C minor and C sharp minor triad, side by side, utilized using old school thought with a modern contemporary twist to create some wonderful phrases, some wonderful melodic motifs that you can utilize to begin developing some great jazz vocabulary. I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson, Inside Outside Part 1, to be very insightful. And of course, I hope it's very beneficial for you too. So don't forget, SpeakPipe is available, uh, part of the Jazz Piano Skills website and all a part of the podcasts that are posted there at the website. So if you have any questions regarding this lesson or any of the podcast lessons, feel free to use that SpeakPipe widget to send me a voicemail, and I will be happy to respond with a voicemail right back to you uh, to give you some additional help and insight as you explore this lesson or any of the Jazz Piano Skills podcast lessons. Again, don't forget the supplemental guide that is out there for this lesson as well. Uh, It's a great resource, again, to have in your educational library, to have sitting on your pianos, uh, to have uh, at your fingertips and by your side as you're practicing these uh, ideas and these skills. Just visit jazzpanelskills.com, go to the podcast link, find this episode, and you'll see the link to download the guide. And for this week, you can get that guide for $2.50. It is a bargain. So do it. Um, Also, don't forget to check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses that are out there. Just released the course that explores the 11th sound. Uh, Well worth it if you are not familiar with the 11th or you want to become um, more uh, familiar with it and accomplished with uh, that sound. So check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses as well. Don't forget the forums are out there. Come on. Be an active participant, join the community, introduce yourself, uh, and make some new jazz friends. So that's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the journey, stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.